Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 920 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Happy Monday to you. Hope you all had a great weekend. Joined today by James Dean Raider, Ben Funky Askren, and you. How we doing today, boys? What's the word? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. We actually got some snow in Wisconsin, and it's a 920 area uh, code episode. That is Green Bay. Lots of good wrestlers in Green Bay. Um, yeah, Title Town USA, baby. Title Town USA. Congratulations. Um, yeah, you were just, weren't you just bragging about the weather? I'm pretty sure the last show. Oh my God. It was wild. It was like seven days in a row was, it was like summer. It was like 80 degrees and sunny. It is so weird because that is like midsummer weather for us. And now we just got a bunch of dog crap weather for the next while. Yeah. Well, I won't even talk that. about how beautiful it was this weekend. I bet it was Here. terrible. It was terrible. Almost 80s. people everywhere, I bet. 80s and sunny and, and just lovely. Uh, ben, we got news dumped. Spencer news dumped us. We knew it. We were due uh, for a news dump. I he entered the U.S. Knew Open. This was going to happen. We knew? I think we knew. I, you know, there's a bunch hearts, of things. That, we knew it. You said it. You said it on the lab when we talked to no you. No, I'm pretty sure I said after the interview, I was like, I don't think it's going to happen. Really? Oh, well, okay. then no, I think maybe day. after that I did say I think he is going to enter. But yeah, I think we said, like, gun your head, what do you think? And I think you said he's going to enter. Okay. Well, I'm glad I don't get killed. I did not think he would enter this early. That, to me, is the most telling thing. Because he had said on on the interview, Evaluate, if I do yeah. it, it'll be – I have till the last day, no point. And the other point to that is uh, – and I talked about this in another video. If he enters and then doesn't go – he knows it's a story, so there's no point in like entering beforehand, right? Oh, Unless you're yeah, feeling yeah. really, really good, because Spencer Lee knows everything he does is a story in wrestling, and so, so him entering early says to me he's he is going to be there. He must be feeling, uh, you know, as good as can be, and it yeah. makes uh, it. We we thought we were getting spoiled with with Gable entering the open, but now with Spencer in, it's just the star power is just. Um, as, as yeah. high as we've seen it for the U.S. Open. It, re- it really is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. It'll be interesting to see how he bounces back because the field is really deep at 57 kilograms. Um, I think I was probably leaning more towards he probably wasn't going to wrestle, but I don't know. My, my recollection is that you thought that he was going to wrestle. You think it's really deep. I think there's four guys. I think there's four guys. Uh, think... where's the, okay, do I have a list? To, do I have a link to the field? I'll... Uh, I can send it to you right now. Here, here look at this. I okay, kind of like put it, put it, it in. Or, I put it in a little bit of an order, um, okay, so it's not just there. the uh, entry list. But um, to me, it's four guys: Nick, okay. Spencer, Zane Richards, Patrick Glory. Then I think there's a bunch of of quality wrestlers, but no one that is going to be considered in that upper tier, mm-hmm. upper echelon. Would you so, Would you I disagree guess... with that? Uh, no, I th- I get your. So I guess Vito is he's he in or no? 
61. Okay, interesting. RBY. I, I guess I was just thinking about all these guys going 57 for next year. Maybe that's what I was thinking because obviously there's a whole field that uh, 61 who's going to have to make a decision uh, before next year of where they're going to go. Yes, and speaking of those guys, before we get back to 57 and Spencer, Dayton Fix is a, a key non-registrant for the U.S. Open, but by virtue of being a, a past world team member in 2021, he is automatically qualified. I believe that's the criteria. For the um, trials, and the trials at that weight class actually matters. Yes, so there will be a trials at 61 kilograms. So him not being registered says two things. One, he's going to the trials, and then two, by virtue of that, he's going 61, not making the descent down. To Still has a week. Still has a week. He has till the 23rd. Six days. Six days. Penn State's still not registered at this point. So we'll be waiting for, for that. But yes, back to the to the topic of Spencer RBY, Lee. 61, 57. He's got to be on 57 next None year. Of right? no. None of the above. None of the above. He's not wrestling freestyle uh, this year is my prediction. That's your prediction or you, know, you, got, you got some inside information? Yes. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And you're, and you're sitting on your own inside info too, Ben. So, you know, I don't know. am I? I don't know. Yeah. Come on. Um, but maybe we'll find out soon on that. So the question as you look at this 57 field is, well, how do you, where do you see Spencer Lee? The guy's last freestyle match was technically 2020 against Zach Sanders, but his last tournament that I think would probably be considered for USA Wrestling standards is 2019 Senior Nationals. So yeah. how do you seed him? Can you get creative with the seeding process to get him opposite of, you know, yeah. Soriano, who looks to be the Because you're saying, because obviously Zane specifically has done a lot of things relatively recently, which are likely to put him at uh, the two or the three. Many things, yes. Yes, truly. Uh, so... That'll be uh, an interesting thing to see how they they separate those those wrestlers um, because there's there's a scenario he's on the same side as Nick you know there's a scenario yep. maybe him and Glory hit early you know it's it's tough to say but hopefully common sense wins out and you can say listen we can we can get creative here and put him in a spot that yeah. doesn't penalize him. another one of the elite and highly potentially highly seated wrestlers yeah. I, I, hey, I love how you did this little thing you sent me, Christian, because uh, you somehow sorted the better guys to the top. Um, somehow. Man, 61 is, uh, I'm not a good sheets guy, so, you know, it's it's all puzzling to me. I'm going to show you I know you can sort by trip. numbers, but maybe, like, so maybe you put, like, some rankings next to them or no, something. I just I literally know. moved them up the thing. <laughs> That's too little... much work. Why would anyone do that? It took me, I mean, it was about a half hour. I guess I'm just building okay. different. Okay. <laughs> But that that weight class is deep, and that was, some of these guys I actually figured were probably going to go down to fifty seven. Um, you know, you got Thomasello who's been at fifty seven before, Vito who's been at fifty seven before. Nashad um, hasn't been there; he hasn't been there in a while. Um, Cologne's been there before, so a bunch of these guys have been at fifty seven in past times. Sixty one is is truly crazy, and yes, you know, you think about man, if you drop, I don't, I don't blame Dayton for being like, you know what. One, let me get a little more time between the season and competing. And two, not all these guys are going to make are going to show up for the world team trials if they don't make it for um, yeah. via the open. So you get right now. Th this to me is the deepest weight bar none of, of the U.S. Open. Yeah, you got like Vito, that. Seth Gross, Nico, Nathan Tomasello, Austin DeSanto, Jesse Mendez, Nishan Garrett, 
Cody Brewer, Joe Cologne, Daniel DeShazer. Then you've got some other, like, kind of like a next tier group of, mm. you know, Shelton Mack, Kolioko, Devin Turner, Gabe Townsell, Michael Kolioko. I don't know if I said him or not. Crookum. Mm, yeah. I would put ben, him in that tier. Provo. Class. Yeah. Buffalo. Cheese. So that's like, I would say it's like 10 really, really good guys like that. Yeah. If they made the finals, Daniel DeShazer makes the finals. I'm not like, oh my gosh, to steal uh yeah. I mean, how do you think, how do you see Jesse doing? A year in that room, how much better is he <laughs> going to be at freestyle? Feels like he should be one of the main threats to, to make the finals a win, right? Yeah. He was right yeah. there with, with Seth Gross uh, a year ago. Seth Gross ends up making the team. Mm-hmm. But I think there's some really tough matchups there for for Jesse. Man, uh, hey, as I look through these brackets more, it feels as though there's got to be a bunch of guys. I don't have the list in front of me. But it feels as though there's got to be a bunch of guys who are going to be added because some of these weight classes don't really seem that deep. And obviously, I know um, there's seven weight classes which will not really be contested at the trials. Right. Um, or, or is it eight? Seven. Well, it's seven because Jaden might move. Um, he has moved. He has, sorry, he has moved. So there'll be seven uh, contest, not contested, which means almost everyone that wants to do anything has to be in the open. And some of these weight classes, they just aren't that deep. So it feels like there must be a bunch more people waiting to register till the end. Some, 97, if that's what you're referring to, uh, as JD pointed out this morning before the show, is just historically has low entries. There were like under yeah. 15 last year as well. Well, no, I was thinking, um, okay, like I looked at 86. 86, um, they're really, really good guys. So it's Zahid, Mark Hall, and then no offense, but Owen Webster and Dylan Fishback are the next two you have listed. Like they're, I guess they've done some things, but they're not like really huge threats. And so it feels like, I, and I don't have to listen for any ranks, but it feels like there should be more um, good guys in there. And I felt the same way about 70 kilograms. 70 kilograms you have on top, you got Pantelio, Hidley, Burger, Sasso. And it just feels like there should be, man. I guess I'll go look at the rankings. I mean, the upper weights really just don't go like as deep as your sixty ones and sixty fives. Yeah, like maybe missing um, Miles. Yeah, but with Trent bumping up, you mean Miles Martin? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, him. I mean, obviously Aaron Brooks is not yet registered, but all, all mm-hmm. signs point to him. And none of the Penn State guys have registered, right? None of them. I mean, that, well, that, um, that's gonna be a lot right there. And Nolf. Nolf at 74 is obviously going to be there. Carter, 79. Mm-hmm. Aaron, 86. So those are all those are three guys that could all win their, their respective weight class Yeah, upon entering. For sure. So, yeah, there, we'll, we should see some more maybe even today. I don't know what the plan is or when these people get around to maybe registering. Maybe you could call Kale and tell him we got a plan that you know, he could get his guys registered today because registration is open. I'd say he's more likely to take your phone call than mine. Um, so you can you can uh, you can ask nicely. Never know. Never know. Yeah. So, still expecting these these field the field is not full, but a lot of them I would say are majority filled. Um, no other notable U seventeens though. These brackets are deep. There are a lot of people registered. It's got to be record registration for the seventeen U division. How many? How many are? Uh, is the AWA contingent I, bringing? 
A lot. I don't know the answer. That's a lot, wow. but I scroll through some of these weight classes, and it's like, oh my god, am I ever going to get to the bottom of this weight class? This is preposterous. How big? I mean, it is. I feel like Akron. When it was in Akron. They always had like sixty-four, even one hundred and twenty man brackets for World yeah. Team Trials. Then I wish you guys had numbers on them or something, because it does. As I'm scrolling through, it looks like, oh my god, this is such. A Just like game. highlight all the forty-five ones, and then it'll say some. It'll say like count. And you say, okay, 27 in this I don't bracket. know that. I, you guys know I'm... trying to explain technology to Bro, Ben. this is, this no, is this like... Ozzy no. should no be learning how this, do this preschool. Nobody knows how to do this. You know how... I'm so mad. I wish we could see your screen right now. Let's like do a screen share and like... I'm looking at... The, I'm just scrolling through the... That should be a new bit. That should be a new bit for the show. Is Is FRL teaches Ben a technology. Just like it's technology, I would, super, I would be, I would be eternally grateful to you. Do guys you know? Help me. Oh, you know what would blow his mind? Like the copy paste what? screenshot. You know that one that doesn't save it, but you can just like. Do you know that one? I don't know uh, that one. No, I don't. Think I got well, a I screenshot could... something. It's that's Command Shift Three, I think, or something to that effect. Okay, but there's also oh, without formatting. Well, no, uh, I don't know what formatting means. But like, you can you can screenshot something. And it just automatically is it's copied, and then you just hit Command V, and then it gets pasted somewhere else. That way, you don't have to select it. Anyways, mm. anyways, is, that's uh, yeah. talking technology with Christian Piles. That's technology. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Mura, I, I'm excited. U.S. Open, such a fun week. You got 17U, you got the 20U, you got the senior men. Senior men's actually really good comparative to the last couple of years. So yes. we got so much fun wrestling happening. So much fun. Um, what other questions about Senior Open before we get to it? We I want to talk about some of the uh, women's nationals results and some of the uh, one controversy out of the women's nationals that I, I'd like to ask Ben about. But anything before well, we move uh, on? I already tweeted. I, I'm very hostile about it. Hostile. Uh, yes. An unusual mindset for, for Ben. Uh, it's, prepo- it's preposterous. We'll get right into it then. Sage Let's Mortimer go. wrestled Emily Shilson, two very familiar names. If you follow women's wrestling at all, they are meeting in the U23 finals. Uh, I believe U23, yes. And Sage Shilson shoots in, and we have the clip here. Uh, I sent it to you, Tyler, in the slack there. S- Emily shoots in. Sage Mortimer catches a front headlock. Sage bounces mm-hmm. twice hard and then runs behind. Shilson yes. suffers an apparent head injury, and it gets challenged by Shilson's corner. They determine its brutality. They DQ Mortimer for that match and the entire tournament, and Shilson is on the team with 26 seconds of wrestling and no points scored. And yeah. the ultimate question is, is what... Sage did illegal. Is it brutality? No. Should it be disqualified? It is not. Explain why. Guys, Explain to the this folks. Is the mo- this is the most basic for a headlock technique when they grab your elbow. Now, we have other techniques, but this is the this is the simplest one. They grab your elbow, so you bounce them because, theoretically, right, What they have no post here, right, because they're holding your elbow. And so when you go to bounce them, they, they, they want to protect themselves and have their face bounce off the mat. So they release your elbow and they put their hand down to protect their face. And then you go behind them because they take their hand off your elbow. I mean, it's, it's just so simple. It's a basic wrestling technique. And, you know, even beyond that, it's like, well, even if you didn't want to release, right, which is that's, that's the bottom person's choice to not release the elbow, her choice. 
completely. And we, these, this is not like JV wrestlers we're talking about. These are, these are high level women, right? Um, you could still like, I was thinking about this, like here, I've never had my face bounce off the mat one time in my whole life ever. Not even when I was, cause you pull your elbow down, your elbow should be protecting, right? To hit the mat first. This should be here. You should be tight like this. So your elbow is going to hit the ground first. I, I, I don't even know how her face hit the mat first. And it was her decision to hold on to the elbow. Um, Sage did a simple, basic wrestling technique that, and that's the way she was executed. And we're going to DQ her over this. Give me a break. Well, my question is, I mean, everyone knows, you know, front headlock, you go to the elbow, but her other hand, why that wasn't. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why it wasn't posting. Uh, well, so obviously um, if you have two hands, right, you have kind of equal balance between your, your, your posts. But if you're up mm -hmm. here, theoretically, right, like you're supposed to take them kind of like this way because there is no post in this direction right up here. So, you know, theoretically you are supposed to take them in that direction. And I mean, I guys, I can't stand it when some of my guys bounce soft. You got to bounce them hard. They don't want to let go for free. They're not trying to let go of your elbow. You got to yeah. make them let go of your elbow. You got to bounce them. I I yell so many times, I've bounce their head off the mat. That is literally what you're supposed to do. This is a yeah. legal tactic. It's a legal technique. It is incumbent on the bottom person to release the elbow to protect themselves. There is nothing illegal here. Yeah, I uh, when I saw it at first. I was jarred by it. I was like, oh my gosh, she's just bouncing her head off the mat. Like it kind of, when I That's first saw it. That's what you're supposed to do. I know. But it, how often does it look like that, Ben? Not her fault. Ext extreme. No, no, no. Just answer that question. I'm not trying to make uh, you how say How often it's does it look that dramatic? Uh, it's pretty rare. You're right. You're never able to just bounce, bounce like a basketball. Th so like uh, when you watch that, it sticks We got out. a few guys. We got a few guys who are really good who get. Maybe not quite as dramatic, but they get something similar, right? They bounce effectively. They get a release. They pull their elbow, and then they start hustling. Yeah, um, yeah. So this could this could very well cost. Uh, I mean, it, for the time being, it has cost Sage a, the the world team spot. She could potentially they need a she, protest if she places. Well, also if she places senior level, you can be like automatically on the team. Uh, remember Got that, it. like how uh, I forget who it was. But if you place top three, make the national team like you're automatically on the U23 team. Okay. So yeah. if you place above, above Shilson. Yeah, that's what Vito did. That's right. And David Carr. <clears throat> yes. So, um, yeah, I, I guess there's more to come. Kyle did an interview with, with Sage's coach talking about it, and obviously he doesn't agree with the, with the call. It, it's pretty unprecedented. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with the call. Yeah, no. I mean, do you guys not agree that the bottom person could just very easily let go of the elbow and put their hand down to protect themselves if they chose chose to do so? No, I agree. I, I didn't initially when I first saw it. I was like, man, she's just bouncing. But then I'm like, well, what is what is Emily doing? Like, it's just like, yeah. okay, what if you snap somebody from yeah. standing? Yeah, hit their head. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, or, or the, the other. Yeah, the other simple equivalency would be like. And this is where there's a difference between uh, my fourth grade wrestling tournament on the weekend where the kids don't know what they're talking about, where I pick him up and he doesn't know how to turn down and then he gets slammed, right? Because he doesn't know what he's doing. But if we're watching college wrestling and the guy just chooses to fall limply to the mat like this and gets bounced, that's their fault. Yeah. hundred percent. Like no one is going to feel any sympathy for them on, in that scenario. On a lift to return, you don't turn and put your hands down. Like, yeah, the youth level when they're not good. Yeah. It's not good, but the college level, like you 
she know how to protect herself by that point. Yeah, and and Emily is just as seasoned as they come. So to see her that, you know, weird dug in on a not helpful position didn't make sense. So yes. yeah, I I do think you can't penalize for that. At at the start, I was like, this isn't good, and then kind of watching it more, you realize like, no, this is probably not how you should call a match, and you should be able to you should be able to wrestle. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see how that gets. Uh... But I, the other thing here is there's all kinds of uh, I can go off on this position forever. I'll tell you, you know, one thing I I realized with this position because um, we generally don't have younger, littler guys doing that well. But mm-hmm. last year we had Kellen Wolbert who was you know excelling and he won the folks down nationals and Ed Fargo, and so I you know I usually watch like a match or two maybe matches of their opponents when they get to like the quarters, semis, and finals, you know. And little guys, so many little guys grab the elbow and hang on underneath. Like, that was literally the main move for, like, four of his six opponents or something was get underneath, hang on, try to dump or catch a leg, and then go from there. And I think it's, like, circumference of the arms are smaller and the hands are bigger so they can actually do it, whereas you don't really see it at at any type of upper weights. But he, in particular, is very good at bouncing and then getting them to release. But there were some dudes who just like they just hang on, and he boom, 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 and he can't get them to let go. But their their elbow is down, or their form is down to kind of protect them, so they're not bouncing their face off the mat, which is yeah, you know, which would be ideal because then they let go. I'm on USA Wrestling's YouTube page right now. Brandon Slay showing a showing a front headlock here, bouncing the head. <laughs> Bounce. We're about to DQ Brandon Slay. <laughs> Sorry, that man's just it's like it's the, like I said, it's the most. Basic technique. If, if someone said, "Hey Ben, you're in for headlock and they got your elbow," I, you can show one technique. That's it. I'm gonna say bounce their head off the mat. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Now I got more ones because honestly, because like I said, against really good people, sometimes that doesn't work. So like, there's a few other ones that we do when when the first one doesn't work. But generally, if I'm gonna yell, if they get there, I'm gonna yell, bounce the head off the mat as the first tactic, and then when it doesn't work, we're gonna try some other thing. Yeah. You liked heading the hole a lot, didn't you? Uh, I did personally because I'm slow, but I think as a coach, I think Mant- Mantis is significantly superior to the front headlock position because yeah. the freaking elbow gets grabbed and it sucks. Mm-hmm. People are really good there. Yeah. People are really good at holding on to elbows and it makes it really hard to score when they get there. Um, so I would significantly prefer Mantis now. And that's we, we spend way more time there than front headlock. Were you not a mantis man when you when you com- competed? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't as prevalent as it is today or as developed. I remember you know, I remember trying to uh, Coach Schneider Brian Brian Snyder taught it when we were both at Arizona State, and I was like, ah, it sucks. Like, and you know he was a little quicker, so I'm like, okay, you know maybe that's why he, he can hustle the corner a little quicker than a little. I can. But I also <laughs> score a lot for headlock just because I I can freaking shut up piles. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quick. Hey, Brian Snyder's I'm, really I'm fast. Choke someone out. I'm just gonna put a chokehold on him and. And then just go behind them. So I score a lot, but we do not teach a lot of front headlock. We teach way more mantis. Yeah. Gotcha. But okay. we do spend a lot of time for headlock to get your elbow. Because then obviously you can't get to mantis, right? So you have to you have to address them having your elbow. And especially with the youth kids, if they don't understand that position, they'll just try to think they can run behind him and they'll get dumped every time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll try to oh, yeah. behind him right there. The outlaws oh, yeah. love getting dumped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny. I also like the uh, 
Like you come across their face and grab their hand. That's grab an elbow as you snap. I love that one. Yep. And then you run behind that side. Yep. That's a good one. We call that the Jordan. Uh, that's a good one. Another Why one. The Jordan? You know, who is a, uh, the the thorn was a, is a good one for. We don't have very many people who are good at the thorn, but the thorn is. It's um, like a pancake uh, type of thing. It, Taylor Venz was really good at it, and obviously the Thorn Brothers, because that's I mean, you know, where you go, you slide to the wrist, and you pull, and you 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 whip them. Yeah, mm. that one, mm-hmm. that one's a good one. Um, Coach Smith at Missouri always like going like fake, fake this way, but then come back and chop the head, and then try to run the corner that way, like that one. Um, sometimes a good shuck will get it started. Yeah, we had a whole we had a whole practice on this like two weeks ago, I think, with our youth kids. Practice front headlocks, kids. Yeah, a lot, a lot of takedowns. Yeah. yeah, I'd never seen the Jordan one taught before until I was looking up stuff and I actually came across your video. Why is it called that? Yeah. Jeff, um, Isaac. I think Coach. No, 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 no. I think Coach Messerman called that in high school. Michael, because uh, yeah, he was he was watching, reading a book about Michael Jordan and he said Michael Jordan was like <laughs> saying what he was going to do. He would tell the defender what he was going to do and then he would just do it. And so. He related to this move because in this move, you reach right in front of their face and you grab their arm. So you're, you're putting your hand right in front of their face and you're showing them what you're going to do. And then you go do it anyways. So it is Michael Jordan. Yeah. So JD's joke turns out to be true. Yeah. Interesting. I think because he was reading a Michael Jordan book at the time. I, that was my recollection. I mean, this is 20 plus years ago now. So, man. Yeah. One. But there's no other moves called the Jordan. So it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But also, then, you know the other one? And this is the one that it's it's kind of like a bounce, but not really. Josh Otto was really good at this because he's super sweaty. Um, <laughs> Coach Smith at Missouri liked this one also. Flex. It matters. It matters. So the tricep gets nice and sweaty here, right? Where you just, like, jab your shoulder and you, like, just, like, like, like a lawnmower start, you know? And you do it, like, five times. And, and a lot of times you get your elbow to pop out. Not the, not them little guys, but us big, strong guys. We get our elbows to pop out. Dang. Hey, yeah. wh- how about uh... – uh, Gilbert saying that that George was greased up. Thinking about the sweaty guys. Um, I've only had one wrestler in my life, Wes Roberts, who I get done with the match, and I was feeling myself like, "What is on me right now?" Like, I he I don't know. I can't I can't confirm he had a substance, but I can confirm I've wrestled thousands of matches, and I've never felt like something on me like that uh, in my life. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked with him, but he obviously. Uh, Gilbert took it back, so maybe he didn't really believe it. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want to be on that side of the. Man, certain dudes are really sweaty. I, do you remember? Um, do you remember uh, when we tried doing the Flow Premier League, no, the event number one, and we had them wrestle with some of the dudes with no shirts on, and yeah. Chris Perry and Robert Hamlin wrestled, and I remember they were so slippery they could not get a hold of each other. Yeah. Not do you good. remember how slippery they were? Yeah, yeah. We're like they got wear shirts. Yeah, it was it was wild because yeah, some people are just um, super sweaty, slippery dudes. Yeah, it's a big thing in in grappling. There's a lot of complaints about it. The a lot of a lot more accusations of of greasing and in, in jujitsu, which is why I kind of brought it up. Yeah, yeah, I think you could. De- I mean, I think it's definitely possible because you do, and, and it does make a gigantic difference. Because like sometimes in practice, um, you'll have a a partner who maybe. Uh, they they put on some lotion before practice because their skin was dry or something. And then you practice, you're like, oh my God, you cannot like like it just it slips, like you can't mm-hmm. hold on to anything and you feel like, oh my God, this is such a huge difference. Um 
you know, so it's like it it absolutely 100% makes a difference, especially in a sport. In wrestling, it's kind of a little bit more even because it's both people trying to get a hold of each other. But in fighting, when one person is trying to evade and the other person is trying to hold them, it, it's, yeah, it's cheating. And it's huge for submissions. It very famously made yeah. Kiel Sanderson very mad one time. What did? 2017. Which one? What are you talking about? Jaden sliding all over the mat because he's so sweaty. Oh, well, that's not greasing. Oh, it's yeah. just a sweaty person. Well, yeah, not greasing, but it's about grease and sweat and being slippery. I'm yeah. trying to remember. I've wrestled with Jaden a handful of times, obviously, mostly when he was younger. I don't remember him being particularly slippery, although we I did, wasn't we wearing was a single setting. Yeah. He wasn't, but a lot of times you can feel it like in their, their wrists and floor, right? Because I spend a lot of time trying to grab wrists or, or elbows, and um, a lot of times you can feel it there. But, mm. yeah. He was sliding all over the place. I remember watching yeah. that. That was crazy. Yeah, that was a weird mm-hmm. one for sure. <clears throat> okay, also at, at Women's Nationals, Kennedy Blades over Kylie Welker in two straight. Kennedy had to come back down 6-4 late. It's like 15, 15 seconds left. She gets a single leg and then finishes that and goes kind of to like a tilt almost for two more exposure. Yeah. To make it 8-6. And then it looked like I mean, I don't know. Kennedy just destroyed Kylie in the second match. It was 10-0. Yeah. Just no. I I don't even know what the. Was it a pin? I thought it was a pin. Oh, yeah. It was, it was an 8-0 pin. 8-0 and a pin. Far knee yeah. pick. Kylie fell on like her side. And uh, Blades just jumped to half Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. So dominant uh, win there that, for that, Kennedy. That first match, though, uh, I mean, Welker did really shut her down the for almost the entire second period. Cause it was 6-4 it was to four going into the second period. And... Kennedy didn't really get all that close to scoring until it was. I want to say it was less than fifteen. I want to say it was like eight, eight yeah. seconds left or something like that. It was really, really close to the end. So um, it was weird because when she shut it down for that long, you're like, oh well, damn. Like Kennedy hasn't really gotten close. How's she going to score here in the last few seconds? And obviously, she figures it out. Yeah. Now, how do you see this carrying into um, World Team or the U.S. Open? Open? Yeah, for. You know, you've got Kennedy, you've got um, Kylie, also, you know, Adeline, Adeline Gray's back. There's someone else really good in there, too. I'm, I'm Yelena McCoyed. Yep. Yeah. Precious Bell, Diamond um, Guilford, they're all in there. Yeah. I would say, uh, I mean, I think what they're probably the two and the three seeds behind Adeline, you I, would think? I would imagine. You would think. Who else can be seated above them? Because they both won, I mean, Kylie won, what, Junior Worlds, maybe? Well, who was our world teamer last year? Was that uh, Yel- no lost Yelena lost? I can't recall. Yeah, like uh, so um, but yeah, I mean Kennedy looked good. She got. I was surprised the second match looked the way it did, given what the first match looked like, because there was a a large chunk of time in there where uh, Kylie completely shut her down, and the second match Kennedy, you know, kind of had an answer, came out and scored. I think three three takedowns prior prior to the pin. Yeah, Diamond might be the one. By virtue of being the world teamer. Dang, where would they put Adeline then? What's that? Where would they put Adeline? I don't know. Because she's been out. She she has not wrestled since 21 Worlds. So I'm not sure. Yeah, that's been a little bit. Yeah, this is probably definitely the deepest weight for for the Open. Because you got Adeline, Kennedy, Kylie, Diamond Guilford, Precious Bell, Yelena McCoyed, all at the same weight. 
That'll be tough. And so, uh, Emmett Alor, she won the U20s also, and she's going to, we're assuming she's going to say at 72. Um, I wonder, does she come down to, um, I think for, if you're like, uh, Coach Steiner, you're trying to get her at 68 and then get one of the, Mm -hmm. one of the second thirds to go down to 72 trials and try to, try to get there. Yeah. Um, that would be my guess. Forrest is registered at 68 as well, but man, it feels like a meet is up there for one of the best women's wrestlers. I mean, she may be the pound for pound best in America right now for, for women's wrestling. Her, Dang. Her, her just, she's only 18. I know that good, huh? See, seems to me. Doesn't she have to win a senior level medal to, uh, be that, you know, be on that level. Isn't she a world champion? Yes. Oh, yeah, dang it. She won't last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, so interesting. Okay. She pretty much dominated that world championships. Yeah. Senior Worlds, except her match with Japan. She's just my final was close. Yeah. But besides that, I think it was 10-0 in the uh, final. She's just wrestled so mistake-free. There's just not a lot of openings. Um, no, she hasn't wrestled 68 since 2021. Yeah, she's, she's stupendous. Okay. Do we want to go to uh, some questions here? Where else do we want to go? Uh, some yeah, questions. Question. I have not heard anything on the OU coaching front. Yeah. Have you heard anything yeah. on the Mitchell Messenbrink front? I don't know if I've got liberty to say. <laughs> no liberty. I have no liberties in this. That's now. one of the first uh, comments in YouTube chat was Mitchell Messenbring. What? Mitchell just Mitchell Martin. Yeah, Mitchell Messenbring. Yeah, hadn't heard an uh heard a latest on Bernie, on Nagao, on OU. Well, Bernie and Nagao were at Penn State this weekend, but uh correct? I, I believe this to be correct. Uh although I was not in state college also, so I can't confirm. Uh yeah. We'll okay. see what happens. Hey, I was actually thinking, can I can I rage on the uh, NIL thing for a second? Rage. Rage against okay. the machine. I was, th- I was thinking about this because this is something we, we don't really say this explicitly, and I think we should, Christian, is um, you know, people are like, oh, well, I, you know, I don't like the NIL. It's ruining stuff or whatever. The things that are already allegedly happening are already illegal. So outlawing the NIL is not going to change. The, if these people are already doing illegal things. So what I would say is illegal, and I have no proof, and we've been given no proof. Okay, two things that are illegal. Number one, giving money in accordance with them attending a specific university. That is not legal. You cannot do that, okay? And this doesn't matter if it comes from the coach. doesn't matter if it comes from a booster. doesn't matter who it comes from. I can't go to someone and say, I'll give you money only if you go here. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. That's already illegal, right? And the number two thing that is being alleged is – I cannot talk to someone before they're in the portal, right? I can't go say, hey, go in the portal and I'll give you money. It doesn't, again, doesn't matter if they're coach, booster, whatever, can't do it, right? Teammate. So those two, teammate, yes, what, whomever. So those things are the things that are being alleged to be done. And people are saying, oh, this is a portal problem or this is an NIL problem. But it's like, wait, those things are already illegal. So like how is, if, if people are willing to cheat in this way, why would kicking those things back out make it, better because i don't really think it would yeah so for sure well, I, 
agree. did, though. It didn't happen to this scale before. And which is, I mean, that does make me curious because then it's like, well, if they know they're getting, if they know they're doing illegal things, and I, I don't know that these things are happening. This is what is being alleged. And I've also been told this, Christian, by multiple college coaches. They say, here's what's happening, blah, blah, blah. Um, if it's already um, happening and they went to, they changed it back to you can't do NIL and you can't do portal or you took them away. Like, why wouldn't these colleges still do this thing if they're not being caught? So I, I think the open transfer <clears throat> is is a big part of it, right? Just you can go to any school basically at any point in time. It's really hard to get yeah. not released as long as you can get into that school. By and large, yeah. you can you can go there. So I think that's that is the main mechanism at play here is that you can leave. You can go Big Ten to Big Ten, which is the big one, right? That used to be the big thing. You can't do that, and the yeah. school could hold you if they had a like like Virginia Tech but, did with the Iowa guys, but. Uh, to your point, Ben, it's just the fact that there is NIL and there are all these other mechanisms in play make it so that the reaching out is just going to become more prevalent because there's something on the other side of it, right, that there wasn't there before. So the NIL... But it's but you, you can't do the NIL in conjunction with going somewhere, and that's what's happening. They're saying, if you come here, we will give you this. That's yes. illegal. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course it's okay. illegal. But yeah. the fact that there's that thing on the other side of it makes it so it accelerates the reach. If there was no NIL and it wasn't even a thing. But hold, hold on, Christian. But there is there is not this thing. You're saying if there was no NIL. But there is there is no money in accordance with going somewhere. You can't do that. That's illegal. So, so it's like you're already saying, well, this thing that's already happening is accelerating it. But it's already illegal. And it's it's still happening. Yes. Yes. I have no proof. You have no proof. And actually, it does. It also does make me curious because, golly, I I feel like I would have heard more of more of this type of thing if it really was happening. I I just have so many guys that are being recruited. I feel like I would have heard more of it, and I really haven't. So it makes me kind of feel like it's not happening. But then there's so many college coaches who are certain that it is happening. You know, probably some probably somewhere in between. Probably somewhere in between, yes. If you had to guess. But it's already illegal. You can't call someone and say, come to this school and I'll give you this money. That's already illegal. Yes. I don't yeah. know. I'm not making my point, but... Um, Sorry. Yeah. I do I do feel like if NIL wasn't an option, it wouldn't be happening as much, right? Even though all the things are illegal. Okay, but so let's say, let's say tomorrow they say NIL, NIL is illegal, right? But this other thing, it, what they're doing is already illegal if it's happening. Um, so why why would they change? Yeah, I don't. And know. what every other college coach is saying, they're saying, "Oh, these people—they're so sneaky about it. They do it this way and that way, and they cover their tracks." I sent you that hilarious text message that a college coach said. I sent that to you, Christian. I'm not gonna say who it's from or anything, but it was hilarious. It was like they—they're saying like they're doing it, but it's impossible to prove it. So if if, they, if that was the case, then how would someone stop it in the future? If it's already impossible to prove, crime of the century. <laughs> For real, I was I was thinking about this, getting frustrated on Saturday morning. Me and my brother were talking about it when we did that pinnacle on AWA camp, and we were driving home from it, and um, we were talking about the NIL thing, and it's like Max did allege, Max did allege that someone came up to the uh, Parker out in public one time and it said something like, how much would it take for you to transfer? 
Okay. But and then Parker said, "I'm not leaving." But that was like one time, and, and who knows? Like it could be some random guy who has no money and no connections, also too, right? But Max said, "Have one time with Parker." Keegan has never made me aware of anyone talking to him in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, in the recruiting process of the Mirasolas and Sinclair and Mitchell, I've heard small talk of NILs. I've heard nothing like Aaron Nagao or Bernie Truex is being offered. And I got to think four years of Mitchell Messman is better than one year of Bernie Truex. I don't know. I would think so. You would think so. So, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think people are making too big of a deal of it a little bit. Well, it, it is dr- drastically um, shifting that what the offseason looks like. So, I would I like to. We should do it. Can, can you have the quant division? No. Go back. We shut nope, it down. Nope. No, bring them back. Quant divisions back up. How many transfers per year there were? Like even in the old times, even when you got suspended a year, there was still like a decent amount of transfers. People just didn't like where they were at. Now, uh, given the fact that you don't do not get penalized now, right? Whereas you previously did, you would just think that there should be more transfers, right? Because you don't get suspended a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and, and I also like maybe you could add non graduate transfers because that's a big one now is these people are staying so long in college because eligibility clocks extended. Right. Right. So I, I would I would be curious to see how many, how, how much different is it than it was prior to the transfer portal being open? Because it feels like on my, just I'm just thinking about my college team, there was tons of dudes who transferred in or out, you know, at least a couple per year just on my team. Yeah. So but how many of them were like impact guys? Well, like uh, Scott Barker was in the national finals. He went to Oregon for a year and wrestled there. John Cerritos, um, who's that coach of Cal Poly, he went to UTC and became an All-American at UTC. We had a couple guys to o- go to ODU because Pritz went there. Um, we had a guy go to um, uh, Southern – two guys go to Southern Illinois, Edwardsville because one of our assistant coaches went there. Um, like it just it happened, you know. So probably the two biggest impact guys would be uh, Scott Barker and um, and John Sarias. But we had a guy named Paul Collum who transferred in. He was really good, and he kind of flaked a little bit, but he was ranked as high as five or six. We had Mike Whitehead transfer in. He was only one year. He kind of flaked at the end, also, but he had a couple big wins during the season. Like it kind of happened a lot. Mm. You know, it wasn't like it definitely was. And th- th- right, this is off my memory of something that was. 15 to 20 years ago. Yeah, I th- I feel like there were they were fewer for sure. Uh, yeah, that's uh I mean that's the somewhere where it's like I would be nice to like actually be able to quantify it and know for sure. Um yeah, because it just fe- it feels like it definitely didn't never ha- I mean I just named you what eight that happened on just my team yeah. in, in the period while I was at Missouri. Yeah. Um you know Tom Bradley was thinking about leaving because of course. he could, he Lost Mark Russell, Ellis. Lost to Mark Ellis. That was a big deal. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, just, it feels like it did happen a decent amount back then. Also, and there was the year penalty in most cases. Also, yes. Okay, let's get to some questions. Let's do um, it. Basketball has a shot clock. Should we implement a turn clock or something from top position in folk style? No. I think we've we've made we on this show FRL has made some great suggestions on what to do with top wrestling, um, and uh, I don't think we should do a shot at turn clock. I agree. Bennett Durham Klein, when did the moment set in when you won your first national championship? I think this question is for Ben. 
Maybe, maybe you, Christian. Maybe me. I didn't actually see that question in the doc. Did I miss it somehow? Yeah, just scroll. Oh, <laughs> I, I I scrolled right past that one. Um, uh, I don't know. I I, I don't actually. Uh, right away, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know what to actually. Yeah, I don't know. I you don't know how they talk that. about when a moment sinks in? It's like, oh wow, I really did that. Yeah, I know. I know what they're saying, and I don't really get it actually. <laughs> One of my assistant coaches, Pat Spray, we were going to that AWS Pinnacle duel, and I was just saying something about numbers. And he's like, Yeah, I wish I was autistic too. <laughs> Boy, damn it. Son of a gun. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I feel emotion. I, I can't remember. You know what? I'll tell you one time <laughs> where something you feel said emotion. in. I'll tell you one time where something set in for me. And this is the only time I can kind of recall. Um, no, I, there's a couple other times, not a lot though, where it's like, um, uh, I remember driving home from the hospital, we had a third kid in the backseat and me and my wife just like, it just like felt like, okay, our family's complete. You know what I'm really? saying? Like we looked at each other and we just knew like, okay, the backseat's full. This is it for us. And then it was it for us, you know, like, well, I still haven't got snipped, so you never know, but <laughs> probably it for us. Uh, you never know these things happen yeah. they found out what causes that <laughs> i had my coach a guy i coached with he was awesome he said that to me one time and i've been saying it ever since he's old, he's like my you know like a dad he was my one of yeah. my best friend's dad and uh he was helping to coach and like we had had caleb and then katie you know pretty much soon after that uh katie was pregnant with natalie He's like, you know, they found out what causes that, right? <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, coach. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of snip. Be- also, not 100% effective. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm straight. For sure oh. not. I had a friend who was born uh, post snip in college. Post snip. Yeah. So you should oh. be able to sue. They though that's <laughs> no, you can. No, no, no. Listen, listen. It's not gonna a, win. So, no, no, no. Listen. This is a big problem with the with the snip industry. So my brother this is a was big problem with the snip industry. My brother's my brother's a PA and he was explaining to me. He's like, yeah, most a lot of people won't do it because the liability is so high. Because if it doesn't work, you're just there's a, there are a lot of lawsuits, and you can win Jeez. bad snips. So look into it. That's talking. You shouldn't be able to win that lawsuit though. Yeah, there has to be like some. What was the point? That's like it's only like like you, you get child support effective. for eighteen years or what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know what? A child is a gift. That's what I say. Um, next question. Actually, I'm plugging myself leaning. Up to this point, um, would you rank Kyle Dake's international career higher or lower than his college career? Both so, have to be top five minimum, right? This guy's not defining it, so I'm I'm guessing he's meaning against American in American wrestling history. Of course. Is that what we're talking yes. about? Okay, I believe so. Well, yeah, he he didn't define that. Uh, he's probably top five in both right now. Really? Is he top? He's what obviously top five in folk style. No, no arguments I'll there. Folk style, I think he's number two would be my argument. Mm-hmm. Definitely top five, he, though. I think he's higher on the uh, list in terms of U.S. greats um, in folk style. He has four world titles, one Olympic bronze, four... Book style titles, obviously, but in term obviously in terms of just sheer difficulty, winning four senior titles is harder. Is all right. So he's behind John Smith. He's behind Jordan yes. Burroughs. Burroughs. Okay. Um, 
him versus Vegas Davis. so screwed though. If they would have had seventy nine kilograms, he might have a couple more. Yeah, um, for sure. Who else is he square? He's behind Bruce. I think we would say. Yep. Um, is he behind David? Love Mark. David's got the same amount. No, because he always beat David. Yeah, you can't put him behind David. He's an Olympic champion. Beat Yazdani. No. no? I cannot. Man, you can't, you can't put him above David above him, given the their records. Okay. And given the fact that he bumped up weight class and beat David also. 2016. Because he beat him in, in 2016. That matters. Okay. They're like the same age. This isn't one I'm guy just presenting an argument. Young. I'm not saying where, where I fall. He's, he's behind Kyle Snyder. Oh, that's a good point. He is behind Kyle Snyder. So if he's top five, he's fifth. Yeah, I think you're right. Isn't it crazy that I mean, we've talked about this this already at length, probably? But we are in such a golden era because there are so many guys who are currently in like the top five, ten of our all time rankings right yeah. now. Yep. Maybe you did, if you did our top ten, there'd probably be five, four or five of the of the top ten are actively wrestling. Yeah, if it's just men's freestyle. Men's freestyle, yes. Correct. If they quins. Worlds this year, and then keeps Jordan Burroughs off of the team next year, beats him in the finals, best two out of three, and then wins Olympic yep. gold. Does he pass Jordan? Mm. Would have kept oh, him off man, two Olympic that's teams. A great argument. Kept him off it's two a, Olympic teams. There's the conversation. A good for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, here's a question. If and, Jordan... and the other argument here, though, is, and this is where it's like, um, they kept Burroughs out of the 74 kg spot. And Burroughs went and won world titles at 79. And when Burroughs was keeping Dake off the team at 74, Dake didn't have the option to go win world titles at 79, but he may have been able to. Well, he he did. He didn't the entire time, but he did. No, but there was 13. 14, oh, there was a couple 15, years where he couldn't. Multiple years. Well, right. 79 didn't come in until 18? 19? Um, 18. 18 or 19? Yeah, okay, 18. So, yeah, so 13 through 17, that's five opportunities right there. Well, um, a lot of chances. 13, there's no scenario he goes 79 at that point in time. He's going for the spot. 14, he didn't wrestle. 15, okay. he get, he tried to make the team. 16, he went up. So there's some years I think would be yeah. considered there, but not all. Uh, okay. Next up. What were you going to say? You were saying... Here's a question. Before I said, before I said, oh, Dake could... well, if okay, because the whole reason we can potentially put Dake above Jordan is because Jordan has hung around. Well, if Jordan had retired this year, um, didn't mm-hmm. make the run at the Olympics or retired, then he only really knocked him off the one team. But Kyle Dake would still go on and win, win, make the make the Olympic team. Would we look at it differently then? Yes, because head to head matters. Well, yes. um, but then at the same time, Dake might catch Burroughs. So then, they, I mean, right, that's the other thing. Is if he catches him, then where do you put him? Yeah. That's and then do you question. value beating Dake early or yeah, beating well, Jordan saying, late? And Dake went up in 16 because he knew he couldn't beat Jordan. Um, Honestly, going so up to 86 kilos, beating David Taylor and making the Olympic trials finals is – just about as impressive as anything Dake has done. It's it was yeah. it's up there. <laughs> it's definitely Pretty up impressive. There. 
Um, I mean, I I do think that Dake's been probably height of his powers from or close to it, like towards his peak from probably 15 on, right? I feel like that's yeah. when we saw mm-hmm. really, really good Kyle Dake. Um, yeah. When we felt like this guy would win Worlds if Jordan wasn't there. Yeah. And, and so I bring that up to say Jordan kept that guy off the team for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also a guy who had to go through tournaments every year. Did not have to in 2017. Lost in the U.S. Open. But then had to go through the tournament. Because he lost in the U.S. Open. Correct. <laughs> don't, don't give him that out. That happened. Uh, you people, stop it right now. People like to act like it was uh, not I'm even. just saying that matters. I mean, it matters, but you don't win the U.S. Open. Uh, okay. Whose college career was more of a shock based off hype coming into college? Fix, Marsteller, or Valencia? I feel like Fix does not belong in this question. Does not. Not, not at all. Uh, and I mean, I, I think for me, this one, this one's easy. I think Anthony Valencia, given what his high school wins are, if you would have said that's his college, you know, uh, record, I would say what happened for sure. Yeah, because it wasn't like oh he got it wasn't like a Schlater thing where he got super injured at the end of the year or yeah, something. yeah. at the end of his career mm. seemed healthy, just didn't happen. His, yeah, his high school resume. Are, I mean, he beat Andrew Howe. Who was an NCAA champion? Tyler Caldwell. He beat up Tyler Caldwell. He beat up on Imar right Check, before Imar went on that run. Checked him twice. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he beat Mark Hall in high school. His mm-hmm. his hit list is insane, and it's you know there are more than just anecdotal examples of people who are just better at freestyle, significantly better at freestyle, and you like can't always correlate it. And I think Anthony's clearly one of those. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Um, it is pretty amazing how Marsteller st- started off so poorly and then essentially he's had a comeback, right? Well, I um, I think it's so much of that points just to lifestyle. Right? Lifestyle, 100%. For sure. But yeah. I will say, I'll say this, um, and maybe maybe this is to chance's benefit, but I don't think he was ever going to be able to live up to that college, the high school hype he had coming out. Like, so you know what I I'm mean? I'm not the expert, so fill me in here, Christian. I know he was undefeated in Pennsylvania, but did he also have the the type of wins that Anthony did? No, he did not. He, had, he was winning college opens, right? He was winning matches at college opens in like yeah. in middle school, which we see it now. But in, at the time, we that was not a thing. Yeah, so if you if you look at a lot of his high school win, wins now, you're like, oh, those guys didn't go on to be like the all time all timers. Yeah. Um. But that it was more that there was so much he kept winning. He would go to tournaments. He would win. He would make Cadet World teams. He was a four time Pennsylvania champ. He won as a freshman at like a pretty high weight. Like, what about like U twenties? Did he win? Did he ever? I, I right. I can't remember. Did he make a U twenty World team or no? No, I don't even recall him. I think was that it, a thing then? Yeah, it was a thing, but I feel like he, he um I feel like he was cadet and then he had the elbow injury and then he went straight to I remember after his senior year he had like back problems. He had like was dealing with injuries and he went straight to Oklahoma State and then wrestled as a true freshman. And so you didn't see him and then he had ran into some troubles and we didn't see him um get to get a ton of opportunities. So anyway, yeah, 
Cause that, I mean, that's a big one for me. Um, you know, and now, now we see almost everyone do that. And I think if they don't do that, you guys would never consider them for like the top spot in the pound for pound ranking. Right. Correct. The guy's going to have to go and uh, make a junior world team and probably win a junior medal in order to be like at the very top of the pound for pound rankings. Whereas you, you know, maybe, and it's funny, JD, cause you said like, did that still exist? But it's like, I made a junior world team in 2000 and, uh, three or four my brother made one um so it's like it was always a thing now was it as big of a thing where every high school kid tried for it i don't you're right i don't think it was i think i think specifically flow covering it to the level they did has kind of made it a bigger thing um where the 17u and the 20u like that's what everyone's trying for that's the number one thing on if they're at that level that's the number one thing on their um resume but it's always been a thing for sure uh, yep. Last question from Nikki Freestyle. Do we see any 57s bump up to 61 for trials? I don't. Uh, like, if Nick doesn't make the win the Open, I don't see him going up. He tried that once. It didn't go great. I don't think yeah. Spencer would consider that. Um, Glory maybe would. Oh, Zane maybe they would. Because if they don't win, they would still have a chance to. Uh, I see what you're saying. If you're top seven at the Open, you qualify for trials. So yes. they could. I, I don't see any of, like, the top four contenders doing that maybe zane richards would um because he just wrestles all the time but the yeah. other other three i i would be a little more surprised yeah especially you know glory coming off ncas spencer dealing with spencer and suriano definitely view themselves as 57s is their their optimal weight so yeah that's my thought there agree um all right well we're gonna go We'll be back back next on Thursday. Thursday, that's right. Okay. One of our we're we're counting down the days. The U.S. Open is next week, right? Oh yeah. Am I right mm-hmm. here? What's today? Seventeenth. The seventeenth. Yeah. It's next week. Is it really? Right. It's sure. happening. Twenty-sixth through the thirtieth. Yeah. Next week, it's almost here, guys. Get excited! Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back on Thursday, eight thirty. Eight thirty Central. Central. 9.30 Eastern. Thanks a lot. We'll see you then. Have a great Monday. Have a great week. Goodbye.